Welcome back to the Hindsight Podcast. I'm John, aka Wayne's Fridge. Someone drew, someone put their persona pointing a gun at me and said, show us what's inside the fridge, Wayne. You want the truth? You want the truth? You want the fucking truth? There is no fridge! I lied! Wait, no. <laughs> it is Sunday, June 13th. Hopefully you're having an absolutely amazing day. An amazing Sunday. Hopefully your weekend is going pretty well. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Have a nice weekend. Have a nice relaxation time. Recuperating. Recuperating? Recouping? Recouping? We're going to move past that. <laughs> Regenerating your energy for the week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you're having a great day. My day, going pretty decent. Having pretty fun. What? I can't even speak all of a sudden. I'm having a pretty fun one. Uh, yesterday, for you, today, for me, is Charlie's birthday. He's uh, he's turning nine today. And, uh, yeah, he's great. He's a great boy. He's the goodest boy of them all. I've actually had him for all nine years of his entire life. Well, technically, I missed out on the first three weeks of his life. But then I got him when he was three weeks old, which is technically too young. For, like, getting a dog, I think. I think, like, uh, what they say is, like, you shouldn't take a dog from their mom or something like that before, like, six six weeks or something like that. But his mom was sick, so... And then she couldn't, like, feed them and whatnot, so that's how... That's how that went down. And then uh, my neighbor, the apartment complex we lived at in Texas, because Charlie's from Texas, uh, it was their friend's, their friend's dog who had the babies, and then they got one of the dogs... And then they're like, hey, y'all want a dog? <laughs> and then, yeah, we got him. And got Charlie, my favorite boy. Oh, he's he's speaking to y'all right now. Okay. All right, bro, we get it. It's your birthday. Calm down. <laughs> I love that guy. But, yeah, I've had him for pretty much, like, his entire life, which is great. It reminds me. Oh, my goodness, bro. Okay, it's enough. We get it. It's your birthday. Chill out. Thank you. <laughs> It reminds me of, like, uh, this thing that I read a while back. And I was, like, talking about how we should appreciate our pets. Because, like, for us, they're only with us for, like, a part of our lives. But we are with them for their entire life. So, you know, we should appreciate them for that. And, like, you know, make sure that their entire life is absolutely splendid. And we shouldn't abuse them or be mean to them. And, uh, yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel about my boy. About my son. Good old Chuck. I don't know what, oh my goodness. <laughs> he, was, he was just looking at me. I looked back at him. He started barking. <laughs> this guy. I love him. But yeah, you know, treating him nice today. I should him nice every day. I don't want to say I should him nice today. But treating him extra, extra nice today. Took him for a really nice long walk in the absolutely blazing heat. But he was happy about it. He loves going for walks. He went super freaking hot outside. Uh, but yeah, it took him for a nice good old car ride with me to drop off something off for my mom. He loves that too. So, you know, doing all the things that he loves because it's his birthday. Uh, it's not dinner time yet, but when it does come to dinner time, I've already got a nice dinner planned for him and I spread, you know, let him, let him feast a little bit, put a little more weight on him just so he could then burn it all off because he can't be fat. Like, <laughs> got to keep him healthy. You don't want him getting overweight, you know, especially as they get older, you know, you got to keep the weight at a 
nice, solid, healthy weight. It's better for their joints, all that good jazz. But, you know, I love the kid. He's great. I treat him like a king all the time, as you should for every pet that you have. Treat him nice. Treat him with love. Because, like I said, you're pretty much their entire life. So, you know, make their life actually great and enjoyable and lovable. So, yes, happy birthday, Charlie. It's been great. <laughs> uh, in other news, though, season two of Lupin has now been dropped on Netflix. And if you are unaware or have not listened to the podcast for a minute, you may not know that I absolutely love that show. Well, like the first season came out, I think, last year. I didn't watch it uh, or didn't even know about it until early this year. I watched it back in February. And the show... Uh, is a French show. It's a Netflix original, but it's from France. It's French. So it's in French. And that was actually the main reason of, like, the re- that main reason of the reason? That is the reason. <laughs> the reason I decided to learn French. Well, like, mostly the reason. It was mainly because of this show, right? Because, like, I've said it before, I love how French sounds. French is just a gorgeous language. It's just so delicious. Like... <laughs> It's an amazing language and all of that. But uh, when watching this show, I was watching it with the English dub. That was the default for the show because, you know, obviously my account is based in America. So it like defaulted, <clears throat> Jesus, defaulted to the English dub and the English dub freaking sucked. Like the voice acting wasn't bad, but it's just like I'm looking at their mouths and it's not lined up with what they're saying. They're speaking French. So, <laughs> so it's like it just throws me off and like. I got used to it after, like, a couple episodes. Only, like, six episodes in the season. So I got used to it after, like, you know, midway through episode two. You kind of just ignore it. But, like, still, it sucked. So I decided I'm going to learn French. Now, is that a pretty big decision to deal with a pretty small inconvenience? Yes. But that's just how I do things, okay? (laughs) That's how I do things. You, you, you gotta go big. Also, learning French isn't necessarily just only for this show, although the main reason is for this show, but, like, it's a cool thing to also have, to be able to speak in a language. I talked about Spanish. I can't really speak Spanish that well anymore, but I can still read it very fluently. And if I'm speaking what I'm reading, then it's pretty fluent, but I can't, like, think of it and have a conversation in Spanish, at least not that much anymore. But, like... I've been, I've been coming pretty, I've been coming, oh, God. <laughs> that was going to be really weird. <laughs> I was going to say I've been going pretty hard, but that's it coming, so then that, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been going pretty hard with the, with the French as of recent. And I've actually gotten pretty decent at it in just my two weeks of learning. I could flex it a little bit. Je m'appelle Jean. Il s'appelle Charlie. Il es, or il est un garçon bien, hein? Comment ça va? Ça va très bien. Uh, I forgot how to say it because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Car, or, yeah. Car j'ai un américain, parle français. Uh, au revoir. Bonne journée. A bientôt. Freaking love it. <laughs> that was pretty basic stuff, but yeah. I mean, I feel like that was, you could interpret that. Essentially, my name is Sean. His name is Charlie. He is a good boy. How are you doing? I am doing very well. 
because I am an American speaking French. Goodbye. Have a good day. See you soon. Bang. Got it. I got to learn a bunch more other stuff than that, but <laughs> that was just the stuff that came to the top of my head. My favorite words actually in French are like the few foods that I've learned because like they're just so fun to say. Orange, croissant. Like <laughs> it's great. <laughs> See now we don't we don't say croissant around these parts no more, bro. We don't say that. Es es un croissant. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> oh man, I love it. French is just so fun. Such a great language, and I've learned like some other stuff too along with that that I guess really didn't fit into my example. What else do I got? Uh, j'ai vu un... Yeah, j'ai vu un Wait, no, j'ai vu un d'Amérique. Mais j'ai tiré un Paris. Donc, wait, what? Yeah, j'ai tiré à Paris. Donc, j'habitais à Paris car j'ai tiré beaucoup. Yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> So what I just say? I'm from America, but I study in Paris, so I live in Paris because I study a lot. Like, I just got to mix and match what I got. <laughs> I would say it's pretty fair. It's pretty fair. Not amazing. Not amazing. But for, for only 12 days of learning French, and with that only being like just about an hour for those 12 days, just about some days less than an hour, but, you know... For a total of maybe about, yeah, I'd say 13 hours of learning French, I think I'm doing pretty great. I think I'm doing pretty great. I've got some stuff under my belt. With that being said, though, I probably can't watch the show completely in French. Like, <laughs> But, you know, instead of the English dub, I'm just going to watch it in French, but with subtitles. So that way, if I'm struggling, I can read the subtitles as well. And also, you know, that, that will help with, like, learning some new things in French. Because, you know, like, I'll be hearing it in French, but then reading it in English. So then I'll know what they mean. And since I mostly know how to structure sentences, I can, you know, add those new things that I learned to my French lexicon. And we will further learn French. I'm telling you, bro. Give me a year. Or not give me a year. By the end of this year. Charlie, bro. My goodness gracious. Oh, my, someone's at the door. <laughs> no one was at the door, actually. Someone just walked by, <laughs> and it triggered the camera, which subsequently then triggered my dog, because the chime of the camera just makes him go nuts. The, the How he is, though, when someone actually does come to the door, like someone rings the doorbell, and it's like right in front of the door. Dude, he goes berserk. <laughs> it's so funny, because like the second I open the door, though, Nah, he, all that energy, gone. He ain't keeping the same energy when he actually is, like, face-to-face -face with whoever's at the door. Nah, that energy is gone. <laughs> he instead decides to stand behind me and, you know, let out a couple barks here and there. But, yeah, he won't even walk up to the person. If they walk inside, though, a little bit different. Like, he won't, like, harass. If you walk inside, I think he understands at that point that they are not a threat. I think that's how it works for him. I think we're on the same page at that point, or on that point. And so he won't like bark that much anymore. But once the person comes inside, he'll walk up. He'll do a whole like dog sniffing thing, sniff them, make sure they're all okay. You know, do a little metal check. 
make sure you're not carrying any firearm and that stuff. You know how it is with dogs. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just like I don't, I don't get what's up with like dogs and doorbells. Like I think the chime just does something to them, kind of like how squeaky toys like you know trigger them as well. But yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. Either way, what I was saying about my French by the end of this year, I guarantee it. I'll be like solid. I'll, I'll be speaking French. I'll be like, yo, is this, is this guy from France? This guy born French? He's been speaking French his entire life. Why? How did he do it? Trust. <laughs> oh, man. I plan, on, I plan on sticking with it, though, because like, I'm pretty committed to it now. Now that I've already gotten this far. I mean, 13 days is a pretty. It's pretty early on. But, like, I'm pretty committed. I've been pretty committed throughout these 13 days, and I'm pretty set on, like, getting really good at it. So, yeah. We'll see at the end of the year. <laughs> Actually, at the end of the month, we'll see how it goes at the end of the month. I feel like at the end of the month, if I keep uh, learning at the rate that I'm learning, at the end of the month, I should be doing pretty good as well. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Either way, let's hop into the episode. The question of fate versus free will is one that I touched on in a philosophical questions episode in the past. And yet... It's one that I think about frequently because the more that I think on it, the more I realize the repercussions of both options. And is one that I thought about many times before when I was younger, especially being raised as a Christian and going to church every Sunday, right? Like the idea permeates through many different aspects of what it means to be human as a whole. In a sense, believing in either one or the other comes with the mental toll. And the reason that I bring up the fact that I was raised Christian is because it was through that avenue that I was introduced to the dilemma of fate versus free will. And it actually all started with an interaction I had with a Sunday school teacher when I was younger. He was talking about the beginning of it all, right? The, the Garden of Eden, the creation of man with Adam and Eve, and then subsequently the fall of man when they ate from the tree of knowledge, right? And I'm listening to this, and I sat back and began to ponder on the entire circumstance of it all. And as I usually do, I put myself in the situation. If I was in the Garden of Eden, would I have done the same thing? And of course, as I now say, that question doesn't really matter because when you think hypothetically about what you would do in a situation, it has no meaning because what you would do hypothetically and what you would actually do being present in the situation are two very, very different things. But of course, at that time, I had yet come to this conclusion about hypothetical situations. So I continued to think about it and I eventually took the thought process one step higher. And from there, I was introduced to the dilemma of fate or free will. When the teacher asked if we had any questions, I raised my hand and I asked, why would God put a tree in the garden that they couldn't eat from, knowing what would happen if they did eat from it? Wouldn't it make more sense for him to not put that tree there, and then none of this would have ever happened? And, you know, like a more articulate version of my thought process, essentially I'm asking, why give the option for them to do wrong when you could have easily not given them the option in the first place, right? Then all the wars and murder and all the sins in the world wouldn't be a thing and we would be living in harmony as people, right? And the teacher responded that 
God didn't want to create robots who simply had no choice but to worship him, right? He wanted to give us the option to choose. He wanted to give us free will. But that response didn't necessarily settle my soul, I guess you could say. And of course, I left it there, but I frequently revisited the thought and a new question came to me, kind of as a rebuttal for that first question. Well, if he didn't give the option, wouldn't there eventually be someone who did something wrong and then sin would have inevitably been introduced to the world just in a different manner? And I settled that there really is no answer to any of that, so there really is no reason to wonder about it. But a few years later, now older, with more life experience under my belt, I was presented with the same question, but now framed in a new perspective. So back in early 2016, so before college and before my introduction to drugs and everything that came after that, I was in a church small group and the small group leader was talking to another member about trusting God because he knows all, right? Like we can't see the big picture, but he knows how everything will end. So we should just trust him. And perhaps you can see how that would shake my already shaken understanding of fate and free will. I began wondering in terms of the beginning, right? The beginning of it all and the circumstances with Adam and Eve. And so I asked, if God knew how all of this would end, if he knew that they would do what they did, then was it then destined that they would do that? And it was not necessarily their choice, but fate that it was gonna happen. And he responded, not necessarily because they still had to make the choice and i didn't want to argue theology and philosophy in that environment so i left it at that but a paradox had now been formed in my mind if someone knows how everything will end then are their decisions really their decisions or things that were fated to happen and this idea began to fester in my mind because the more I thought about it, the more I realized the plight of being human. Now, with the setup being completed, we can step away from the religious aspect of it, but simply choosing whether things in life were fated to happen or the results of our decisions changes the way one would see the world in its entirety. And it's something we hear often, not in a religious setting, but just in life in general, right? Think about when someone you know, or perhaps even you, found their significant other and how they speak about it, right? The way we found each other was so random, it had to have been fate that we were brought together. Does that not ruin the authenticity of it all? I mean, perhaps not truly because no one thinks about it like that, but I argue that it does because then it was not that I saw you and fell in love my own accord, it's that I had no choice but to fall in love with you because that's how it was supposed to happen. And if we continue with this fate idea, we then must remove the concept of regret because everything that has happened was supposed to happen the way that they happened. So we can't regret anything because everything is happening the way it was intended and all of the outcomes were already destined, right? So. When I got in my car accident, I questioned why I went the way that I did. 
I never exited the gas station from that side. That day was the very first time that I ever did it. And with the idea of fate, that would state that I didn't necessarily make the decision to do that. I thought I made the decision, but in reality, according to this side of the argument, the decision was already made ages before it happened because it was fate that it was supposed to happen. And every decision that I have made in the past prior to the accident was inevitably leading me to the accident. And there's a sort of sadness to the idea of fate when you look at it that way, but there could also be kind of a sense of solace that comes with it because the blame for actions isn't necessarily placed on the person, but instead the reasoning for everything, whether negative or positive, is that it was just meant to be, right? And it kind of reminds me of people that are heavy into astrology and they blame things that they do on their sign. Like, oh, I cheated on you because I'm a Libra. Well, that is technically a form of fate. Who you are and the decisions you make and the actions you take were all already decided based on the month you were born in. Now, on the other side of the argument, there is free will, right? Everything we do is decided by us and nothing else and no one else. And just as with fate, there is a sort of sadness as well as solace that comes with that frame of thinking. The sad part about that is with this belief, you are to blame for everything wrong in your life, right? So to those who say, well, this person did this to me, or my upbringing was poor, so that is why I am the way that I am, well, that really wouldn't be the full story. According to this side of things, you may not choose the way things happen, but you have a choice as to how you react to those things, and the results of your reaction would then lead to your next actions. So in theory, if your life is terrible, it's because you're terrible or at least you react to things in a terrible way, leading you to make terrible decisions, which results in terrible outcomes, and that's your fault. But in that, there is solace, right? My life is completely in my own hands. I have the ability to shape my destiny, but as well in that, you have to realize that every decision you make and every action you take, no matter how seemingly insignificant, has an impact on the outcome of your life instead of the fate idea that states that everything you do is leading you to a predestined outcome. In reality, I don't think that anyone truly or holistically believes one or the other, right? Those who argue for free will would still probably say that it was fate that led them to their significant other because that makes for a more, you know, romantic story in the end. Those who argue for fate would still probably most likely discipline people for their actions, despite the fact that fate would technically say that they were destined to do the things that they do. What do I think? Personally, I think, who cares? Because whether we are destined to arrive somewhere or it is our predefined fate that gets us there, does it really matter in the end? Because one still has to do something, right? We still have to make the decisions, even if they are our own or they're not. Either way, we still have to move. And even if all of this is just 
the inability of our three-dimensional minds to understand a higher dimensional concept, who cares? Because if in the end we arrive somewhere that makes us happy, who cares whose decision it was to get us there? Maybe instead, just appreciate the fact that we're there. But if you liked today's episode, if you enjoyed the podcast, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a rating, all that good jazz to let me know that you like it. If you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things and you want to be a good friend, so give your friend a good thing. It may be it's in your fate to do that or maybe it's your decision to do that. Either way, you should do it. And like, I know like this isn't, like there's a lot, there's a lot more nuance, right, to the argument of fate or free will. This was just a creative piece, okay? <laughs> this, this wasn't necessarily an argument for either way. It was just a discussion on the topic. We'll settle with that. But if you want to follow me on social media, it is at Hat on the IGs. And as always, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same time, same place, every single day. And yeah, hope you have an absolutely amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow for some movie talk. Grab your popcorn. And, uh, yeah. I'll see you later. Have a good one.